It's simple, really. Great stories with a good cup of tea. It's the Tea with Mike Show. Please welcome to today's episode of the Tea with Mike Show, uh, Connor and Corey uh, Goosens, two brothers who founded and ran the commercial uh, videography and content creation company uh, Flying Goose Media. Welcome to the show, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. us. Awesome. So we're just going to jump uh, right into this. So let's start with a very broad question. So who's the oldest? That would be me. That would be me. I'm the older one. If you can consider 18 old, I mean, you can obviously 17 is a little younger, but yeah, I'm I'm the older one. And do you, perfect. And do you guys have any other brothers and sisters? No, just us. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So I'm actually uh, the oldest sibling uh, too, and it seemed to me uh, growing up, I was always the one that got the most blame for things that I that I did wrong. So I guess, Connor, uh, do, do you feel the same way? Yeah, 100%. You know, uh, there's a lot of a lot of things I couldn't get away with that I think that I think Corey can, but you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm rooting for him. So it's not a problem. <laughs> So more firmly, Connor, what, what was it like growing up for you as the uh, the eldest? Do you think people had uh, different expectations of you? I think a little bit. I think me and Corey were always very close in, uh, like, I mean, school smarts and stuff like that. I think being the older one, I mean, when it comes to video, like, we were both into it around the same time. We were, like, when I was one age, he was the other age. So I think we a lot of the time we were... You know, we're at that age gap where we're more like equals, so I think it was it was it was nice. Kari, on the flip side, what was it like for you growing up as the youngest? Oh, it was it was um, well, it's tough to compare to being the youngest, but I felt like uh, some of my expectations expectations were risen a bit to, to being compared to the older brother. But besides that, it was it was pretty good. And did you? And did you guys have uh, similar friendship groups, or is that something that you kept uh, quite different? Yeah, quite different. Mm-hmm. I think we're we're at a we were at an age difference. I mean, right now I'm 18. Corey just turned 17. We're at that age where it's more like we're equals, less of like one person's always looking up to the other. Like mm-hmm. I think it goes both ways, where you know we learn a lot from each other and stuff like that. That's probably true with the more that I think about it, because the age gap between me and my sister is seven years, so that is a lot wider of an age gap than you guys, for example, for right? Sure. Mm-hmm. And are you guys quite competitive? Is there any uh, sibling rivalry? Yeah, I don't really think so. I think being in uh, early on when we were both in uh, the creative space, making like you know whether it was Instagram videos or YouTube challenge videos, I think. When we were starting off, it was always just we both had the same hobby and passion. And when it started to become something competitive, that's when we kind of, you know, joined forces and became other people's competitor and partnered up. Mm-hmm. We each had our unique style. So they never really we each had our, our benefits. So it wasn't really we were competing in the same platform, per se. And so could you tell us a little bit of, uh, about your childhoods, like where you grew up and where you now call home? Uh, we grew up our whole lives, literally up until like two months ago in Sylvan Lake, until yeah, just recently we moved into Garden Heights in Red Deer, which has been which is really nice because like ninety percent of our jobs are in Red Deer, so it saves us a lot of mileage, which is good. 
Yeah. Always got to be business savvy, hey? You know, got to watch those cows. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think in in Sylvan as well, we were in the same house for, I mean, for me, I I mean, since Corey was born, for me, my whole life as well, I think it was a nice um, change of pace to switch to Red Deer because, you know, we're starting to really get into the phase where, you know, we're really doing the business full time and, and being a lot closer to a lot of clients and, you know, trying to expand our network here has been a, a great thing as well. Something that I personally have really enjoyed is I now have a, a, an office space that's different than like a sleeping space. For me, it was always like hard to, you know, work on my computer right next to where I'm like meant to relax. And it was like a, especially in the same room my entire life, it's, it's been nice to kind of get out of that and uh you know have a feels like a fresh start almost yeah that's the problem that i kind of have at the moment it's everything's in 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 the the same space so it's 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 always it's always a challenge especially if you're working like late nights on uh, projects it's like and you don't want to get up and you yeah Mm -hmm. 100 percent Okay, so uh, today's uh, tea fact for the episode is pouring milk into the cup first was originally the way to make tea. Uh, This was so the heat did not break the delicate uh, china cup. However, as we know, this is not the case with uh, modern day tea cups. And that comes from teahow.com. A hundred facts about tea. Do you guys like tea? I'm not a big tea drinker, but... Occasionally, I like I like it with a decent amount of lemon, but besi- besides that, yeah, not not typically. You guys are all about the coffee. I, I I personally don't drink. I don't think I've I think I've maybe in my entire life had like two sips of a double double at Timmy's. I'm not a coffee guy myself. I'm a, I'm a pre workout kind of guy though. That's how I get my <laughs> caffeine. <laughs> so. I love it. So I, I can hands down, I would say, probably say that I would drink more cups of tea in two days than you guys have drank in your lifetime. Yes. <laughs> I love it. So I thought we, uh, we'd find out a little bit more about each of you, like, individually, and then we'll dive a little deeper into uh, Flying Goose uh, Media. Uh, so for, for this next little uh, segment, let's go about 60 seconds on the response. Let's keep, let's keep the energy up. So Connor... Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your childhood and some of your favorite memories of it? Yeah, so growing up, I think one of my, fa- I mean, as far back as I can remember and what is documented, I guess, is um, I was always just making videos. Like as far as long back as I can remember, my earliest memories are, you know, making smoothie challenge videos, you know, exploding watermelons you know, making a vlog of like Pokemon Go, like just stuff like that. And I would do it with a lot of my close friends back then. And we would just do videos together all the time. And those are some of my uh, fondest memories as as a child was. And they're all online visible to this day where it's just a, a library of like my childhood documented. And I think it was, that's that's some of the best memories I have. And do you ever go back and watch some of these uh, early creations? I, I do, and for some reason lately, it literally happened right before this while we were making uh, something to eat, but like, for some reason, now I'm getting, rec- me and all my friends are getting recommended these videos on YouTube again, so we're getting like recommended like smoothie challenges from 2015, but yeah, no, I, I go back and watch them all the time, because I think it's really cool to see where we started, and it's really cool to see, you know, 12-year-old, 13-year-old me, like, you know, doing stuff like that with my friends. I think it'll be really cool even farther down the line to look back on. 
That's man. And then same again for you, Connor. What about your childhood? Some of your favorite memories? I guess you're still sort of in your childhood, almost nearly out of it. Oh, yeah. I'd probably have to say I used to I used to work at a gym at Silver Lake, Best Body Fitness. That used to be that was probably one of my favorite childhood memories was uh, not only working out there, but becoming really close with like every single member. And uh, just like Connor as well, lots of the video stuff was was a highlight making like action videos blowing each other's heads off and <laughs> that kind of stuff it was pretty fun nice man and so uh, what are some of the skills maybe that you learn at, if at your, at your first job uh first filming job no uh, at, at the gym maybe in terms of like uh, communication skills that sort of thing Oh, yeah, yeah. It definitely took, brought me out of my comfort zone because the boss, one of the rules where we had to talk to everybody that came in and out of the building. So that definitely brought up my confidence when it came to starting conversations and whatnot. So, Connor, what was some of your uh, favorite and least favorite things about school and why? Uh, I'd say favorite things. I mean, different parts of my schooling have been, you know, different mixed feelings. I think early on in like, you know, middle school, it was very much, you know, I really enjoyed a lot of the, you know, hanging out with friends and all that type of stuff. And it was really good. And I think that carried over a lot into high school, but I think nearing the end of high school, I think I was very confident of what I wanted to, you know, do with my life. And I, I were lucky we were in a position where we knew that we wanted to pursue video stuff. And Honestly, after grade 11 or at the start of grade 11, I was like, you know, my mind is elsewhere at this point. So I started to, you know, kind of lose interest in a lot of the topics that are, you know, addressed in school. But I, I of course, I still finished and did all that to, you know, get her done. But I think nearing the end, it was more of a, you know, I mentally want to move on to the next part of my life kind of thing. That's really interesting. So that's actually quite young if you compare yourself to to any of your friends and even more uh, broadly so was there a specific moment where, where you were like this is definitely what i want to do uh i think uh, being when we were younger i think as it can speak for both me and corey we when we were making videos it was always like uh you know we'll or we'll get a job and then we can do videos as a fun hobby on the side right and then i think it was uh, we did a job for like some free pizza that was at uh, like a, it was called Battle of the it's still, it's still going on it's called Battle at the Beach it's like a uh, a road hockey tournament in Sylvan and uh, we got offered free pizza to go do that and we're like that's awesome so we went we went and did that and and we got a whole bunch of like you know publicity out of it and stuff and we went on to go do more and more and more projects like that both independently just you know for like. 50 bucks or like a free pizza or a, a chapters gift card or whatever it was. And I think uh, when I started to realize that, you know, I don't want to be uh, something that's, I don't want to spend 99% of my life doing something that's not creative and not my passion. And I think Corey was similar. We were like, let's, let's make this for real and, mm-hmm. and pursue it. I'd have to, uh, yeah, go, go I'd, for it, Corey. I'd have to say the solidifying moment is when we filmed for uh this uh, oil rig company, Total Energy Services, and they flew down this like multi-multi-millionaire all the way down from like Vancouver to come get interviewed by two high school students with our camera rig, which is, that was pretty cool. Yeah, 100%. Wow. Do you, do you, were you guys nervous before, before that moment? 
we had a we had a couple videos prior to so we weren't like shaking in our boots or anything but but it was uh, it was a good experience meeting up those executives especially for down the road now we'll be less intimidated by by high paying clients and whatnot and Corey, do you want to expand on Connor's answer about kind of knowing like what you want to do for a professional career at such a young age and like talk to us a little bit about the mental battle of staying focused and completing school even even though you know 80 percent of what they're they're saying is actually irrelevant in you guys' story yeah yeah it's even being in grade 11 it's kind of tough knowing like there's social teachers that have like like it's tough because um it's we're just sitting or i'm sitting in a class here and they're talking about stuff that i'm never even gonna personally never going to use when there's a whole bunch of like videography and stuff that I could be learning and doing and pursuing and just yeah it's just it's almost like a a time vampire cool cool so so how how do you stay focused on getting through it versus switching off and falling asleep at the back of the classroom unless (laughs) unless that's what you actually do I uh I try to um make it as efficient as possible like for an example i'm taking some of my uh my high school classes this summer so it's so i can get a like a a, like a six month course down to one month and just subtleties like that helps a whole lot like right now i get off school at around uh, two o'clock compared to the rest of the kids getting off at 3 30 but there's just there's some things that you can uh, make more efficient to help align with the stuff we're doing after school and so, Connor, it says on the Flying Goose uh, Media's website that you have been uh, both behind and in front of the camera uh, most of your life. So how old were you basically when you uh, experienced uh, both sides of the camera? And then also, how did you kind of uh, get involved with, 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 with both sides of it more broadly? Yeah, I think when, starting off, uh, I think I was, I want to say I was like, 12 or 13 I got a opportunity to no actually no Corey came to me and was like hey you hear about this thing called iMovie and at the time <laughs> we didn't know what it was and I was like oh I think it was like Thanksgiving or something I, I'm like I okay. think I, I think we were close to about 9 10 years old yeah honestly yeah I'm like, still uh, using iMovie to edit the show at the time we were like on our on our like iPhone 7s or I thought I thought no at that point it was it was iPads like older iPads and we were like um, yeah, Corey brought, uh, showed me iMovie around the time that it was like becoming more popular on like, you know, with, it wasn't video star anymore. It was like things like iMovie. And around that time we, we started using the automated, uh, trailer builder on there. So I would just start for in front of the camera. I would just start, I would, or we both started doing like trailers for movies that didn't exist. I remember one I would do was called like the evil mailman. It was just me like vlogging and it was me like, like running around with like a Cheerios box or something. But like things like that, that was, I think that was the very first video I ever made. And then going from there, it was more, you know, uh, more and more and more just, you know, learning this, the software and then, you know, gradually going up from there. But I think in front, I was in front of the camera. I mean, and I do still plan on it in the future, but I mean, early on, it was it was pretty much all in front of the camera. And then when the business officially started, it's like, you know, my skills and, and focus was more on the on the back end stuff. What's been your uh, today? What's been your most memorable experience in front of the camera? And why was it memorable? 
Oh, I, there's so many to, to think of. Um, probably. Oh, I don't know. If, in 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 that period, like pre Flying Goose Media, I think one of the coolest ones. Um, oh, I'm trying to think here. Yeah, I know. Oh, well, we did some ones where we would explore abandoned places. You know, some real troublemaker stuff like we wouldn't like break in but we were definitely trespassing and we would go we would explore like there was a water park in sylvan i'm sure you know a, a while ago and they uh they they ripped it down in like 2016 i want to say and me and one of my friends thought it'd be cool to hey let, let's go in there and let's let's film let's like let's make a vlog of like exploring this place that no one's seen in this state and that video got like it got 20,000 views on our on our YouTube channel and then it's a long story but it actually got re-uploaded by somebody else on like a top 10 abandoned places channel and got 24 million views and we got no credit or anything we found <laughs> out about it cuz i was subscribed to the person that stole the video and it was like Ironic. huge exactly it was a big huge like top 10 channel with like 2 million subscribers and I think that was really cool because, I mean, I didn't have anything to show for it, but it was one of those moments where it was like, you know, that video in itself was such a cool experience just with me and my friend with our iPad and like a little Joby gorilla pod walking around this this abandoned water park. I think that was that was really cool. How do you think your experiences in uh, front of the camera um, translate and help you in your work uh, a little bit more behind the scenes with the camera? I think one of the main things is, you know, I've been around a camera for so so long of my life that, you know, I, I understand also that some people aren't even close to that level. Like some people that we work with are, you know, when, when they were born, cameras weren't like, you know, easily accessible, you know, like, or even just, you know, to be on the ones on your phone and stuff. So I think one of the things that's really helped us is when we do like interview stuff or we're... We're doing anything that has to do with audio or we're recording somebody else. I think we understand both sides of it, where we can, you know, help them feel natural in front of a, a lens and, you know, like not feeling they're staring into like a black hole and, you know, telling them like, you know, everyone's like this when they start, you know, it's not easy to stare into this lens and tell your life story, but like things like that, I think have been a, a really big area of, uh, of overlap that's helped us out a lot. So finally, for now, uh, what were some of the most challenging skills that you had to learn to uh, be successful behind and in front of the camera? Um, I think some of the one of the skills that we had to learn was, I don't know, I, th I think for us, I mean, at least for myself, when I was doing like the YouTube stuff, like I knew that, you know, I had to be concise with what I was was making, you know, like. Everyone back then, at least in my, you know, grade had, had a YouTube channel, whether it was gaming or whatever it was. For me, it was always about, you know, trying to make the videos like qu quality over quantity. And I think that was one of the biggest lessons that I, I learned then that like, you know, I, I didn't make every video count because if one person comes and sees one video and it's that one you didn't put all the effort into, you're missing out on a potential, well, I mean, now it's a potential client, but back then it was a potential fan, right? So that was one of the main lessons I think uh, I learned, at least from, you know, putting my content out there as myself onto a platform like YouTube. Okay, so let's bring Kari back into the conversation. So Kari, it says on the Flying Goose uh, Media's website that you have been mastering special effects 
from a very early on in your life. So can you tell us a little bit more about what inspired you uh, to learn more about special effects? So, um, yeah, so right after we learned like basic video editing on iMovie, I always thought that like it was funny to like have like fights and stuff with my friends, like, but actually made it look really good. So just after we learned about iMovie, I found this app called Action Movie FX, which lets you add like muzzle flashes and like blood splatters and all that kind of stuff. So I was probably about like nine, 10 years old and they were actually really well, like realistic looking at the time. I just thought it was so funny. So we made compilations of uh, like my brother and I and some of my friends like having like these these like nerf wars, but we're shooting actual bullets and whatnot, which was uh, which was a lot of fun back in the day. How old were you, I guess, when you when you first began to learn about editing and and creating these uh, special effects? And how did you Probably. learn them out? Did you did you watch tutorials on YouTube or did you just start experimenting? At very first, when I like discovered iMovie, it was mainly experimental. But as as it went on, like the more advanced per se, the more you needed to know like the why behind the effects to make them look more realistic and not just like placed in. Then, can you tell us a little bit about some of uh, the earliest special effects that you uh, personally created? I know you touched on it briefly, and then how you captured them on video. And then what skills did you have to learn uh, to be able to capture them on the video? So um, I remember eighth grade, I was in a, a film class and I already knew way more than my peers about video. So uh, so my friends and I, we, we, uh, we edited Shia LaBeouf. Do you know who that is? Into, I don't into know, our, but you can fill me in. He's, a, he's an actor that was in the first Transformers um so ed anyways we edited him edited him into the video and then my friends and i being the 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 gory kid i was we sliced his head off but anyways the effect that i needed to learn to be able to accurately make his head fly off his torso um we actually use that effect called masking transitions quite often when we're making videos now which literally is like a staple one of our effects which is pretty cool so what's the most challenging thing about uh, learning uh, special effects and why? Oof, that's a that's a very good question. The most challenging thing about learning special effects. I probably, like, anybody can really throw special effects into the video, but to make them look, like, real, that's probably the toughest spot. Like, definitely lighting would be one of them. Trying to match, like, if you're bringing in, like, a like a third-party element into the video to have the lighting match, that that is that is one of the the toughest things of making something look realistic as well as well as the sound design on lots of our videos we have a bunch of whooshes and swooshes every time there's a cool transition so that's another aspect of of making it not just placed in but more realistic as well and so talk to us about a time when a special effect uh, didn't go to plan it didn't go to plan um I'd have to say I made this one Star Wars movie when I was when I was younger and uh, yeah the the Star Wars ships did not look realistic but that's actually what made the video so funny is that they were so fake so that was that was probably it. What did you learn from that experience? 
that's where I started to experiment more with lighting, how important lighting is when it comes to adding in those, those elements. Like the lighting was so off, like you could, cause it was a, it was a gloomy day and the, the thing we brought in was so bright. Like it, it just looked so fake, but that was where I started to consider more than just placing it in, but the elements as well of, of like the environment. And so if you had to pick a favorite film based purely on as special effects, what would it be? And why? Right, right now, we uh, we're, we haven't put it on the website yet, but it'd be our, the Flying Goose ad we just made. It's, it's very cool. I, the reason why I would probably say that's our best is because we went full out on the video. There's so many cool transitions. And we even tried transitions we've never done before, like the intro shot. It shows the editing monitor from a distance and then literally goes into like the like the, the viewer in the corner and that clicks into the actual video. Just the subtle subtleties like that. It was it was very fun editing. So, cool. And so what so when can people as uh, see this uh, compilation of work? Probably in the next uh, like two to three mo- two mm-hmm. months, roughly. We just were there's going to be a huge like makeover on the website, and we're just waiting till we have all the pieces to make it complete. So uh, on your company's website, uh, it says that you have a successful history of operating drones. So how did you f- first become interested in flying drones? Oh, I think when I first started, I think I was like, it was 2016. I just saw um, an ad for the DJI Mavic Pro, which had just became like announced and available for preview. And at that point, that drone was like, uh, like $1,800. And I'm like, that's, I mean, at that point I was in grade eight. I think Corey would have been in grade six. I think it was around then. And um, yeah, I got this the ad for this for this drone. I'm like, like the videos I can make with that would be so cool. And so I, I knew I had to like find a way. To, at this point, I wasn't even thinking commercially. I was just thinking like, imagine I was at that water park and I could fly the drone around it and like you know all that stuff. And I was like, so then when I, at the time I, I convinced uh, my parents that if they like you know if they paid for for half of the drone that I would, um, you know, I pay for the other half with like my my birthday money. I didn't have a job at this point. This was long before any work was in my life, I, I think. And then um, uh, the, the, we broke a deal where uh, at the time my dad was gonna use it for hunting. And then, uh, so he could use it for that. I would use it for video stuff. And then turns out like a month after the drone arrived, Canada announced new laws against aviation and, and hunting. So the drone just at that point was just fully mine. And then I eventually just oh, paid perfect. it off. What, sorry? Oh, I said perfect. What, yeah, what yeah exactly. It worked, out, it worked out great. It worked out great for me. And then, and then yeah, and then, and then the, the drone, honestly, like between all the stuff me, me and my brother were making at the time, that drone and it's the same drone we still have to this day and like dji was so ahead of the curve with this with the mavic pro and that drone i think single-handedly like when we actually like started doing things professionally like it propelled us on such a insane height because realistically at that point nobody around was you know doing aerial stuff and, and and around then when i was doing it for fun i was getting good at flying it you know nice and smooth and professionally and stuff and when we actually started like you know advertising we offered drone services that's when i mean the business like was you know that was another big moment where it was like this is the real deal now 
<laughs> Hence why it's called Flying Goose Media. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so I've actually flown a, a drone once, and it it was it was very challenging, you know, trying to judge the speed, like how high do you take it in? Yeah, obviously, probably uh, not doing it in the safest of settings, you know, in a mm-hmm. park uh, surrounded by houses. So, uh, Connor, what's the most challenging thing about operating it, and what's uh, some of those uh, skills that you may not necessarily see see the, the, the that you need to have to be successful at doing it? I think one of the smoothest things, anyone can, you know, if you've played a decent amount of video games or whatever, you can get the controls of it physically down, not too hard, like taking off, landing, those are skills that take, you know, not not extremely long to learn on a drone like the one we have, or the one that I'm talking about, the Mavic, but it was skills like, you know, being able to do an orbit, so like, you know, a semicircle of like a property or a restaurant or a, a boat or something like that. And, you know, being able to actually get good footage out of it was a whole nother thing. I mean, you see even, I mean, like we, we see videos all the time on our, on our feeds on even personal stuff where, you know, the, the drone, yes, the, 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 you know, they're, they're flying the drone and you know, it's not crashing. So that's good. But like if the camera itself is the part where you need to really be engaging with what you're filming, cause you know, if the drone's jerking all around the sky and you're not getting the actual shot. It doesn't matter how good the drone is flying if you can't get the camera to, to yield the results that you want. I saw in uh, my feeds, um, I think this was someone in the U.S., like there was a dro- drone video and they flew the drone uh, basically through through a bowling alley and and then, and then back out uh, to like uh, wherever the the video uh, like starts. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's, inc- that's incredible to be able to do that in like one shot or like one take right yeah that's actually funny you mentioned that because i've seen that bowling video and uh we haven't really publicly you know made it like a big announcement yet but we recently have so that type of drone is a different type of drone it's called fpv drone flying it's the type of drone flying where you need to wear vr goggles and and fly the drone the drone can do front flips back flips side flips literally the amount of stuff you can do with it is crazy and these drones weren't commercially available up until two months ago but but just just like i mean two months ago right, right the day they came out we we invested and got one of these drones and we've been practicing all the time in the simulator and all this stuff to try to perfect our skill at it because it's a it's a market that it doesn't really exist right now. So our goal is to be at the forefront of that. And yeah, videos like that are absolutely so cool because I mean the drone the one the, the one that we have uh, it's it's a DJI FPV. It goes 150 kilometers an hour, and it's absolutely insane it looks scary like it's it's intimidating it's pretty cool so have you ever done a a drone flight uh, that didn't go to plan and what was it and how did you learn from it um i think the only oh yeah the only time i've ever crashed the drone and it was i luckily or actually we've had like little bumps and stuff with with drones uh that one i'm mentioning right now the, the fpv when we were we were practicing it at our uncle's acreage and I hit the tallest tree in the yard and it fell all the way down, bumping, crashing. Luckily that type of drone is modular. So it didn't, you know, it was perfectly fine, brushed it off. But with our actually commercial professional drone, the only 
time we've ever actually crashed it was um, I stupidly attached a piece of paper to the bottom of it that said happy birthday. And I was trying to fly it over to one of my friends at the playground. And of course, when the drone stopped, the wind went down and it went up in the propeller and, uh, and destroyed it. And I had to get it sent away for repairs. Luckily, it was under warranty, so it worked out. But that was like the one time where the drone actually like crash crashed. And that was the... Um, yeah, that, that, that was just because I was being stupid. So uh, we're lucky that we're, we're both pretty skilled on it where we haven't had any incidents yet of, of, uh, of crashing or anything like that. So uh, let's go with uh, Corey. Uh, just in like 30 seconds before we get into Flying Goose Media, uh, what, are, what are some other hobbies that you kind of have outside of um, video? Well, special effects. Definitely fitness. I started working out when I was about in grade seven consistently. I always, it was like, I would always go there and just blow steam off and hang out with my friends and stuff. But besides fitness, oh man, I play, I love guitar. It's so much fun. But yeah, every day, every day I try to get at least like 45 minutes of playing guitar in every day. And I started about two years ago. And right now is I'm starting to get the results when I first started that I wanted, which is, which is very, very fulfilling. How many guitars do you own? <laughs> I see four. S six. Okay. So yeah. that, that rack extends to six. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Six guitars. But they're all, they all have their unique qualities, which is pretty cool. And what about you, Connor? What are some other things that you like to get up to? Honestly, for me, and it might, it's probably an issue that I, uh, I don't have a lot of hobbies that I, I have hobbies apart from flying goose media as a business but a lot of my hobbies that are not flying goose video related are are personal video related so i i produce music for local artists as well so i have like a whole studio i'm in the studio right now but you can't really see but i got a whole vocal booth and stuff that we you know record all types of music in here and i mix and master it and i i, I create that for my friends and stuff and uh for a lot of that stuff now where we're trying to expand into doing music videos and stuff like that. So for me, for us, but one of the, my specific uh, friends, his name's Mason. We do a lot of music video related stuff. So we've done, you know, uh, we've only done a couple as of now and none of them are only one of them's public, but like the music side of things is something that I like doing as a, as a personal hobby. And then I think apart from that, uh, I, I'm looking to, you know, expand that exists that old brand, the one that before that came before Flying Goose, and I'm looking to, you know, give that new life and be like, you know, my creative outlet while I still do professional videography with Flying Goose, and I'm in the process right now of, you know, brainstorming what that looks like. And maybe a brother will one day come out uh, with his own uh, single on the guitar. There's a thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Corey, so tell us a little bit more about uh, your journey uh, from high school to uh, setting up uh, Flying Goose Media uh, with Connor in uh, 2019, sort of the, the transition. Well, I'm, I'm still in high school right oh, now. Oh, sorry, yeah. But I, I'd have to say the transition was we started it in a summer, so we were both filming and both editing. But right now, since or as of, I'm, it's summer now as of today, but as of um, a couple months, like a, as of yesterday, 
uh, we had to transition to Connor filming in the day and me editing in the evening because uh, I couldn't I couldn't film while I was in class, but I could definitely edit all the evenings as well, which was which was the biggest transition from from being in the summer of not having school to having school in, in the day. So Connor, whose idea was it to set up the company together, and then where did the name come from? So originally the company, well, I think at the the time, we, me and my brother were both being independently approached by by local businesses to to do professional stuff. I think Corey had been reached out to by by Buck Wilds and Sylvan Lake and Fonda's Plumbing, and I had been reached out to by uh, some other companies from Red Deer and. Uh, and like that hockey tournament one and, you know, a curling one and uh, some other ones like that. And I think when we started to realize like how we were both getting like, you know, a lot of like attention for that. And, you know, Corey played hockey all through his younger years. So, you know, our family was very interconnected and a lot of the, you know, the local, you know, everyone knew everyone in Sylvan kind of thing and still does. So I think that when we actually started you know, doing it as an official company, we thought, you know, let's band together, make it a, a duo and, you know, essentially double our capacity and double our, our reach. And then and then I think when we actually officially started, then at that point, Corey was working at the gym. I was working at a grocery store in Sylvan. And I, I think it was within two weeks of actually, you know, saying, hey, guys, we're flying use media. Uh, we both were pretty much officially full-time with the company and have been ever since. And that also speaks to the importance of, even if you're not doing anything formally, maintaining relationships with people and uh, communication and all of those types of things. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. So, Kari, what was, uh, what, if there were any, what were some of the most challenging things about establishing the business? And, and based off what Connor said, it, it wasn't, necessarily getting clients but what did you think what did you learn about yourself in those beginning stages well that that's that's a very good question um let me just i have to i have to say once when i was working at the gym and playing hockey and playing basketball it it got kind of it got very crammed but now that I uh, I um almost cleared up some space i'd have to say time was one of the time management was one of the the more, more difficult things starting off but uh but now that it's all adjusted it's it's a lot more i have a lot more time to edit which is which is ultimately good at the end and i know how long it takes to edit and i only do super basic stuff but the amount of time that it takes to export that stuff is oh, crazy yes. isn't it oh yeah yeah it takes that's actually and that was another thing at first we were editing off of our laptops which were very very slow which which was a huge time vampire but now that we we've upgraded into huge like we yeah we invested most of our profits from the last few years into our huge editing setups so that was another thing is now we our edit it takes like uh, from from about 20 minutes to export something now it probably takes about like 18 seconds like it's like a world of difference with speed Mm-hmm. So so when I first started uh, the Tea with Mike show, just because I, I started it as a college project and I didn't know what I was doing with it really. So I started on a really old ancient iMac and it was <laughs> it, it, it was like, yeah, it, it was it was crazy. Just ha- just ha- how many hours I wasted, you know, mm-hmm. just waiting yeah. for the computer. 
to yeah, stop my, freezing. Yeah, my laptop, it, it got so hot, you could literally crack an egg on it, and it would be done in <laughs> seconds. Like, it was, like, the fans were, like, so loud on it. Like, it was it was, it was was time to upgrade. <laughs> I took the words out of my mouth. I was like, time for an upgrade. So, so Connor, what do you think is unique about your company that makes it so successful? Because Central Alberta is a very interesting uh, market, hey? Mm-hmm, absolutely. I think videographer. I think in the in the in the starting phases, what made us different is that we were. I mean, we've always played into our age because I mean, why not? Like, you know, as a, just as a company, no matter what market we've been in, um, you know, being able to you know be running a business like that that offers a valuable service at 16 and and at the time like 15, like that was it was such a huge in just being able to be like yeah like. At the time, we were trying to build up our portfolio. We're like, hey, we're 15 and 16. We make videos. Give us a chance. We'll do it for, you know, a fraction of a price of everybody else. And within weeks of start, that's when we first started the company, we were doing like we, we literally uh, I was driving in a really nice neighborhood in Sylvan Lake. And uh, I saw a house for sale in like one of the really nice neighborhoods. It was like $4 million house. Mm-hmm. I drove by and I saw that the, 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 the sign out front had a phone number on it. It was sold for sale by owner. And I called the guy and I was like, hey, I have nothing to prove that I'm not like just a, a weird random kid. But I'm like, me and my brother are starting this company and we want to make a real estate video. Can we come film your house? We'll give it to you for free. And he's like, absolutely. So we went there like a couple days later. We filmed that house. That was our first ever paid or like not paid, but like professional job. We filmed all that. And then that video got, they they, they owned a company that did modern houses and then they posted it and they posted it. And even up until today, I mean, one of the things that really makes us different is that, you know, Corey mentioned yeah, in the next couple of months, our ad is going to be making its rounds. But up until now, in the in the almost uh, in the just over a year and a half, our company's been a thing. We've spent zero dollars on actually advertising ourselves as a as a as a even though we're an, like an ad creation company in a way. We it's all been uh, word of mouth and quality referrals, and that's been such a huge thing for us that you know people. You know, that's the best form of, you know, getting new clients that, you know, every every client that we get, I mean, we've never had a really, a, a, you know, a bad experience where everyone, you know, is, you know, they know what they're getting there. They, they know we're like, we're young guys, you know, chasing our dream. And I think people, and I think when we do get clients like that, they're very, you know, open to our ideas. They're easy to work with. And I think that speaks in our product. I mean, our videos compared to a lot of the local landscape and even, you know, reaching farther across Alberta a lot. And it comes down to the editing primarily, but you know, our, our, our skills and our, our style is we feel is truly unique. And I think it speaks for itself in our, in our videos. We, we don't really, you know, a lot of the details, a lot of people like Corey mentioned sound design earlier. That's a huge thing that I think, I mean, I've seen almost nobody else really do that type of stuff locally or like, I mean, you know, branching out even farther than that. And, especially in the markets that we're in, like real estate and stuff like that. But when we start to, you know, apply uh, other elements from other uh, departments and morph it together, you know, all of our videos are unique. All of them look different from one another, but they also, like, they all have so much character to them. It gives them, you know, our videos have good replay value. They have good save rates, watch time, you know. And I think stuff like that are all things that have contributed to our, you know, upward success and I think continuing to stay creative will be a key uh, key factor in keeping that trend.
So, Corey, I know I've joked around a little bit about it, but do you think that being brothers has had any part to play in your uh, success, and why? Oh, that's a very good question. I would, I would say, like, somewhat competitive, but to, like, the benefits of competitiveness. Like, almost, we would, we would both film, so we'd go to Vancouver, for an example, and we'd both get a bunch of footage to each make our own edits, but the... Not, like not in a negative way, but the competitiveness to almost have like a very cool video, like just by like, it's, it's yeah, it's not yeah, I wouldn't really call it competitiveness, but we're wanting to be the best per se, mm-hmm. that that has positively impacted the product in the end. Mm-hmm. And then so on the flip side, what are some of the challenges of working with your brother? Challenges, um, yeah. There's not very many challenges. It's very convenient that we're both in the same living space, and so we so we have lots of time to communicate like ideas and whatnot. But I wouldn't say there's a there's any any major downfalls or anything of sorts. And so, Connor, would you agree with uh, Corey's assessment of your uh, family yet yeah, and and also professional uh, working relationship? No, absolutely. I, I think the fact that, you know, we're, we're so on the same page and, you know, like, for example, like age, like I mentioned earlier as well, but like age just doesn't play a, a factor in our, in our dynamic personally and not like, you know, Corey's very mature for his age and stuff like we're, it, we're very much equals in all categories. So I feel like when it comes to business and stuff, it's very easy to, you know, brainstorm, bounce ideas, you know, be creative and also, you know, do things professionally, go to meetings together, all that type of stuff. And I think, like Corey mentioned, I think the, the uh, you know, what you call like the brother, like battle of like, like the um, competitive side of it. I think, you know, we've channeled it to be a huge benefit thing. Like, like, like Corey said, like, you know, we, we both, we'd go to a place like Mexico or Vancouver just for fun and build these, these like week weeks long videos that we would make and like put all our effort into and we would show each other not like a hey this one's better it's like a, oh that's such a cool effect that oh, look at this effect i did and it was like a you know we learned so much off of each other's mm-hmm. styles as well and mm-hmm. especially in, in the beginning it was more collaborative not necessarily competitive so how have you uh, developed as a company kind of since uh, the early days because you said you've been around for about a year and a half now yeah. And also, how how do you evolve to keep ahead of the of the industry trends and, th- and things mm-hmm. like that? Because you're only as good as your last gig, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I and I and I think um, a big a big part for us has been, I mean, compared to the early days, is you know when we first started, we had you know uh, no exemplar material, uh, only a couple connections in the space that we really really wanted to excel in. And I think one of the things off the start is we were doing videos, you know, for us, like a certain price point compared to working at Sobeys was absurdly high. And we're like, oh, my God, that's so amazing. And then as our product started to develop and we realized, you know, how just how, you know, how far we can bring this. I think we started to realize that the true and understand the true value of what we have to offer and our expertise. And, you know, a lot of businesses are, are, are uh, uh, like trying to reach people that are Corey's age or my age and being able to have that inside scoop and be like, you know, I know what type of videos are going to do good on TikTok. I, I, I know what's going to be, you know, get the, get the kids excited for a, an event on, uh, you know, a car show or things like that. And I think um, 
you know, by, by having those, those things off the start that, you know, made us understand our own value. We've been able to, you know, price ourselves where, and, and, you know, be in the marketplace where we're the, we're the, we're the more cost efficient option. We're not the, the budget option, right. Where, you know, we're not, you know, undercutting ourselves, but we also want to offer a product that, you know, a competitive price. And, and I think our, our, our videos and the responses that they get when, when posted and when shown to the world is, I think it speaks for itself now, which is, which is huge. And anything that you'd uh, like to add to that, Corey? No, he, uh, he pretty, he hit all the points. So obviously you guys are very busy. Uh, sounds like 24 seven, uh, 365, but uh, obviously, uh, mental and physical uh, well-being is uh, very important. Obviously, uh, Corey, uh, you mentioned that you're a fitness uh, enthusiast, but what do you guys kind of do to kind of switch off and uh, decompress? Let's go more in that direction. Mm-hmm. I'd have to, I'd have to, uh, we forgot to answer the, now that I think about it, about why we named Flying Goose Media. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, go for it. Go, yeah. go right ahead. So, um, so the flying was because uh, we did drone stuff, which was ahead of the head of the curve at the time. And the goose, our both of our last names are are goosens. So, um, we 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 wanted to have something to do with a goose. So that's that's the origin of of Flying Goose Media. <laughs> Just, it's also nicely Canadian too, you know. It's well, like yeah. it's not. We we had a good conversation with uh one of our clients. His name's uh, his name's Luke Spicer. He does, he owns Creative Concrete, and he he had a really cool you know way to look at it. Where you know if you wanna and you, this also answers the question that I kind of skipped earlier. That's about expandability into the future as well. Is you know you want something that's like tied to you and is unique, but you also want something that's not like you know. Timmy's videos, Red Deer, you know what I mean? Like we want something where, you know, we want to expand all across Alberta and beyond, right? Like we don't want to be just like, you know, the local guys forever. We, we, we love serving the, you know, Red Deer and surrounding communities, but we want to, you know, really expand this. And I think having a name like that, that's perfectly Canadian, but also subtly tied to us is also, a, is a, was kind of the perfect storm for that name. Well, thank you for bringing that up, cause my man, <laughs> like Mr. Two. Okay, cool. So, yeah, let's go back to the mental and physical well-being thing mm-hmm, for the yeah. second. Side of you can answer. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's I. I usually take some time to to play guitar. That's my that's my outlet at the moment. Like if I ever if I if my brain is um getting kind of scrambled from watching a computer screen for many many hours, just going over there and playing some cool riffs, just not looking at his screen but also being entertained in the corner that helps a whole ton. Uh, yeah, and then also as mentioned earlier, the fitness thing, just getting away to the gym, sweating getting some physical movement or even going for a run outside even. But I'd have to say those two are, are my major, my major outlets for um, well-being when it comes to editing. And nice. Is, yeah. Connor? Uh, I think for, for me, I, I think, I think I can definitely relate to the, the screen time stuff. I mean, for, for me, I mean, at least lately I've been doing almost all the filming while Corey's been editing, but uh, you, you know, with all the other behind the scenes stuff that we do, you know, I, I'm also in front of the computer a lot. I think, I mean, for me, uh, I, you know, I like, you know, getting outdoors, going to the gym is a big one. I'm not as, you know, 
in, into it as, as Corey is, but, you know, doing physical stuff like that, you know, going, you know, going down to the beach, you know, hanging out with friends and doing all that type of stuff has been a, uh, that's kind of, I guess, my outlet. I guess I, I mm-hmm. like, you know, going for drives with my friends and stuff. I think a lot of the time when I'm, when I'm not, you know, doing stuff that's computer related, I like, you know, socializing with people outside of, you know, the business world and, you know, doing, you know, going to going out to, you know, the, a restaurant or, and stuff like that. And, you know, just essentially living our, our, uh, our, you know, young adult lives, I guess. I mean, we, starting a business this early on also, it comes with its sacrifices in a lot of ways. I mean, especially for, I mean, I'm at a school now, I graduated in 2020, but I mean, even with, with Corey, it's, it's also something we have to make sure we keep a balance of, you know, we're not sacrificing our, our childhood to, to pursue this, but at the same time, it's like, we put in all the effort now, we'll be sitting pretty when we're 30 and, you know, not have to have a care in the world. And it's like, you know, you put the time and effort in now and you will see those results down the line. It's just a matter of what you prioritize kind of work before play, at least for me. And so let's close out at the show with, and you can both answer this. And I think, I think you guys are great people to answer this question uh, from your unique perspective of being so young, but yet making uh, great strides uh, professionally. So what is one piece of advice? Uh, let's start with Corey um, uh, that you would give to someone at uh, your age who um, is looking to get into a, a professional career that involves around something creative. I would just say to just get started. That's what I find most people are not, most people are lacking. They always, they just plan and plan and plan and plan, but they don't even, they don't actually take the steps to actually pursue it. They're just almost in that skepticism phase, but to actually just start and like get out there, even if you're not good, but just actually starting is the main thing. Cause once you start, you can build momentum, but if you never start, you're just stuck there just planning and planning and planning until the years go on and you'll never actually get the chance. And then how about you, Connor? I think one of the, the main things, and I think this probably goes for me and Corey, cause I think it, it shows, you know, people about, it's kind of about people in your life, but whether it's parents or, or friends or anyone like that, that, you know, whether it's a creative profession or a business you're trying to pursue or not, I think you really, and most people don't even know what they want to do till they're like 30. Like, I know, I know like, like people, you have so much time, like you don't need to, you know, corner yourself too early on. You know, we're lucky we found something very early that we really love doing, but you know, I think people need to really like, you know, be content with the choices that, that they make for themselves. I know there's a lot of people creative or otherwise that will get discouraged, whether it's from a parent who's like, you know, has you know expectations of post-secondary and wants you to be a nurse or an engineer or a a doctor anything like that and I think you know and there's nothing wrong with those professions if that's what you're passionate about but I do feel like there's a lot of situations where people and great creatives and great you know thinkers are you know pushed into situations and discouraged from doing a lot of the things they want to do whether it's you know friends being like oh that's dumb why are you why are you you know doing this i mean i know from personal experience when i was working at a place uh, like a, at the grocery store i would spend almost all of my paychecks on gimbals sd cards film equipment 
transition packs online. Like, and my friends, uh, not like the, the, the people I was surrounded by back then would, you know, clown on it. And it would be like, why are you wasting your money on that? Look, I just, I just, I, I, have, I have this much in my bank account or I have this much, I just bought this car. Or I have this nice moped, whatever it is. It's like, for, for me, it was always like, you know, I'm going to do what I believe in. I'm going to keep it to myself. And, you know, if you like it, you like it, you don't, you don't. And I think you just can't be, you know, cornered or pushed into a situation where, you know, you're not going to make yourself happy long term. And I think you just have to, you know, follow your guts. And like Corey said, just actually do it because the only way you're going to prove any of those people wrong is to, to do it. You can't just, you know, you can't be all talk and expect people to get behind you. You have to pursue what you're, you know, walk the walk and, you know, go from there. Uh, that wraps up uh, the show today. So thank you both uh, for being on the Tea with Mike show. Thanks for having us, Mike. Thank you very much. It's the Tea with Mike show.